Hey guys, what is up? Welcome back to Flourishing with PTSD, a podcast designed to normalize conversations around mental health, specifically in the context of PTSD, also known as post-traumatic stress disorder. If this is your first time tuning in for an episode, I would like to personally welcome you. And if you are a regular listener or someone who occasionally pops in for an episode here and there, welcome to you as well. My name is Manda and I am the host. This is as good a time as any to let you know that I am not a doctor, not a therapist, not any kind of medical professional. I am, however, a survivor of my fair share of traumas and, you know, we all deserve a space and community where we can all learn from each other and just feel less alone in the thick of it all. I also want to take a moment to express that what is said on this podcast is my experience. Things that have worked for me or a guest, things that have worked for them. Um, And those things may or may not work for you. So with that, I'm going to put a trigger warning on this episode as well. There may be mentions of suicidal thoughts or ideation, mentions of struggling with mental health and mental illness. So just take a minute, check in with yourself before continuing on with this episode. um, And just, yeah, decide whether or not you want to move forward for today. So... Last episode, I wrapped up, for the time being, the conversation about self-esteem and the absolution thought patterns that emerge from our coping mechanisms and our coping strategies following a trauma. And it sounds like that episode really resonated with a lot of you. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with me about that episode. It always means so much when I hear from you guys. Um, The flourishing with PTSD community is going strong. I love it. I'm here for it. Um, But something else that I wanted to make sure I talked about this month in particular on this platform is the fact that it is Pride Month. Um, June is Pride Month and I was brainstorming on how I could invite this topic into conversation on this podcast. And I think it's super relevant and important because of how members of the LGBTQ plus community are treated in general um, by health professionals, by loved ones as well, and just, you know, the community. Um, And I do have to say, I don't know if this is just because I'm looking for it more this year as uh, just being an advocate in a any kind of space um, or if it's just different this year, but I feel like I've seen a lot of support um, for Pride Month and we can get into the specifics of that and whether or not you know it's valid and things like that, but I feel like I'm seeing a lot more of it and that truly does excite me as someone who supports that community in any way that I can. Um, So um, I know that personally at one of the places that I work, we have a donation for the Trevor Project. And if you're not familiar with the Trevor Project, it basically um, donates funds to uh, resources for LGBTQ members who um, are struggling with uh, suicide. Um, And so I am a big fan of supporting that and get a chance every time I can to talk about that with um, people that I come into contact with and we're having a lot of success where I work and that's very exciting. Um, But you know, all of these major factors, you know, health professionals, loved ones, friends, the community, and just feeling welcome, all of these major factors play a significant role in mental health of any individual. And I kept hitting a snag though, because I did not feel that it was appropriate for me to talk about a community when I am not a member of it myself. So the obvious move was to have someone who is a member um, and an advocate uh, who is comfortable speaking about all things LGBTQ plus as pertains to their experience and mental health, come on the podcast and have the conversation with me. Um, 
I'm going into this conversation excited to learn more and just excited to hold space to witness uh, this individual and what they represent. So I am so happy to invite a friend of mine from high school onto the podcast for this conversation. So please introduce yourself and share a little bit about you. Hello, I'm very excited that Amanda asked me to do this. Um, We've been talking about it for a while and she finally was like, we should do it. And so I was like, let's do it. Um, So yeah, hi, my name's Autumn. Um, I use she, they pronouns. um, And I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about my experience with being part of the LGBTQ plus community and a little bit about my own uh, struggles with mental health and mental illness. Um, So yeah, I'm excited to talk to you about this. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And I also just want to say like, thank you so much for trusting me to hold space for you and, um, you know, to honor your experience. It means a lot to me that you trust me and I'm so glad that you're here. So yeah. Yay. Yay. I know. I'm so excited you're here. So, (laughs) so, um, also, uh, for people listening, part of going into this conversation, like any conversation should be, is just having a pre-convo boundary discussion. And I think it's really important that you guys as the audience hear this, is that um, Autumn and I spoke previous to recording uh, just to establish some trust in this conversation as it's very extremely vulnerable. And um, for her to be aware that she has the right to pass on any question that I ask um, and you know, course correct me if... Um, you know, things aren't said the way that they should be said. So uh, we are both very open to this conversation and I'm so excited to listen and to learn and to witness um, Autumn's story. So Autumn, first of all, would you mind telling us how you fit into the LGBTQ plus community? Sure. Um, so I identify as um, demisexual, biromantic, um, for those of you who don't know, this is actually new for me. I used to identify as asexual biromantic. Um, and asexual is where you don't feel a sexual attraction to somebody, but you feel an emotional connection with them. Demisexual is the opposite. You have to, you want to be able to form a physical or romantic attraction to someone before you're sexually involved with them. Um, and I came to that realization a couple months ago, actually. Um, so that's new for me. Um, so I would say that I identify as a demisexual biromantic. Um, so that's sort of shifted, but that's been my recent identification that I've given myself. Um, it was just bisexual for a while. And then I was like, am I asexual? Um, am I demisexual? And then I started doing my research. And so that's where I've placed myself. Awesome. And, um, two things. So one, can you share, like, do you feel comfortable sharing with the audience how old you are so that people can kind of understand the journey that this takes? Yeah. Um, I'm 22. I just turned 22 a couple months ago. No, last month. Almost. <laughs> yeah. Last month. Um, so yeah, this is, oh, this has been a thing for the last couple of years. Um, this journey of mine that I've been going on and it's always developing, um, so I'll t- get to talk about that. Yeah. yeah, awesome. And then um, for the sake of our conversation here today, and as we discuss your place in the LGBTQ plus community, how would you prefer for me to refer to you? Like, do you prefer that I say bisexual or demisexual? Or how would you prefer that I 
refer to your sexuality? Um, I'm okay with bisexual. Um, I usually just tell people I'm gay. Okay. Um, that's usually what I say. Um, because sometimes I don't even know, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, but bisexual is okay with me. That's what I, what I usually tell people. Okay. Okay, great. Just wanted to make sure we were good there. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to start with kind of a hard question, but um, I'm... You know, I'm anticipating this and I'm excited to hear this. Um, do you mind telling us, first of all, what coming out was like for you? How did it happen and what drove you to make that choice? Yeah, so I love talking about this actually because it was a really important moment for me and for my family. Um, so I came out on Christmas Eve in 2019. Um, I had already been home for a couple weeks leading up to this, um, but I had been battling with the thought of telling my parents for months before, um, and it just kind of happened. I was away at school and I had been meeting people online and I was becoming friends with people and I started feeling different in my body and, um... I would be watching shows and movies and listening to different music and I was like, oh, something weird. This doesn't feel, this feels different. Um, And I just started feeling different, I guess is the word I would use. And I kind of always knew that I was different. I kind of always knew that I didn't really fit in with people in school. I had a group of people that I hung out with in school and that was about it. But I always felt that I was special, I guess, not like special and like, you know, I was special in my own way, I guess. And so it was about three months before I told my parents I was working and it was in the summertime and I kind of was like, I was at work and I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to tell them yet. But I was like, I think I like girls, but I still like boys. I was like, but I like girls more. And so I was thinking about it and I was like, this is weird. And I was like, I don't really know how my parents are going to react to this. And we kind of have always had the conversations and I had always been really accepting of the community. I had friends in high school who were gay and lesbian and trans and all different from all over from the whole family. And, you know, I had met people in my life who were and I was always very accepting. My parents were always having the conversations with us about it. And so for me to finally come to terms with that was relieving in a way, but it was also terrifying um, just because I was like, well, how are people going to react to this? People thought that I was always straight, you know? And so I told my sister first. Um, My sister was the first person I told. We were actually, (laughs) we were at the mall with my cousins. My cousins were visiting. We were at the mall and I just kind of pulled her aside and I was like, hey, I got to tell you something. And she was like, okay and I'm not even kidding she asked me she was like do you have a boyfriend and I was like no but it's related to that and so she just kind of looked at me and she was like she was like do you like girls I was like I think so and and she just got all excited and she was like she smiled and she was like oh my goodness and she was all excited and happy and so I was like yeah but I haven't told anyone else and she's like oh okay so we just kind of kept it on the down low for like a day. And I told my brother next, my youngest brother, um, I told him later that night actually, we were doing something and I just kind of was like, hey, I gotta talk to you about something. And he was like, okay. And I just broke down when I told him. 
Um, him and I are very close. He's my my biological brother, so we grew up together. I did a, we were just always together. So it was really emotional for me when I told him, but he was very comforting about it, and he just gave me a hug. And I told him I was like, yeah, I think I'm I think I'm gay. I think I like girls. And he was like, he was like, okay, that's okay. Don't be scared. It's we're all here when you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool. My parents were the same. My dad was actually the person that I was scared of the most um, because I never really knew where my dad kind of fell in that spectrum. Um, he grew up Catholic, so I just wasn't really sure how he was going to respond. My stepmom just was like, I knew. She's like, I've known since you were like 12. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, that's great. She's like, I was just waiting for you to tell us. And then she was like, I love you. She's like, you're still my daughter. And so my dad was the same way. He was like, I still love you the same. He was like, yeah, you're my kid. I'm always going to love you. And so I was like, okay. And so I just cried. I just cried. It was a lot of crying. And then my stepbrother was the same way. He just didn't care. He was like, that's cool. Great. Awesome. So I guess overall it was really good. Um, it was a really good experience for me. And I it's kind of sad because most people can't say the same thing. Um, so, um, But I was just really grateful that I had a supportive family who was able to be there for me. I told my mom like a month later and I still don't really know where she is with it. Um, she's still kind of, she kind of knew, but she also was just, she, she's just like on the whole thing about me having kids one day. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I can still do that without, you know, without, if I don't marry a man, like I can still Mm -hmm. do that, but I never really know where she is with that. So my mom is still kind of eh. Um, but then I fully came out mostly to my friends and family on Facebook in pride month during pride month last year. I just did it. I was at work and I was like, you know what? I have a lot of close friends and family on here and a lot of people already know. I'm just going to tell them. And that was really, I don't, I, at first I was like, as soon as I posted it, I was like, I shouldn't have done this. Like, I was like, I don't know why I told everybody. It's not really anyone's business. But then the support that I got from family that I didn't think I was going to get was really great. And I was really emotional. And a bunch of my friends from high school were just like, I'm so happy for you. I'm so glad that you figured out who you are. And so that was really fun and really, it was really relieving, I guess, to have that just feel like I was just like, oh my God, okay, I got it out. I got that over with. And now I can like not hide anymore. Yeah. Ugh. And a lot of people don't get to feel that way. And it's, um, I just, I feel like a lot of people's coming out experiences don't resonate the same way and it sucks. And I wish that it could resonate the same way. Um, but it was just really relieving to feel all the support from people that I love and care about that still love and care about me for being who I am, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know? I'm like sitting here like crying. No, no, cry. <laughs> no, I just like, I'm just so happy. Like when you said I didn't have to hide anymore, that just like, oh my gosh, that, yeah. I'm, I'm just so happy for you. And, um, so I have, like, I made, like, a little note of, like, two questions. So first of all, how old were your siblings when you confided in them? Um, so my sister's five years younger than me. So I was ni- I was 19 when I came out. I didn't mention that. So I was, no, I'm sorry, I was 20. I was 20 when I came out. Um, so my sister was 14. My brother was 
17 and my other brother was the same age as me so okay. he was 20 um so we're all close in age um but yeah I was 20 when I came out um which some people wait longer mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah I was 20 so my siblings were all around they're all younger but they were all around the same age gotcha. as me so Okay. And then my other question that you mentioned, um, you said that your family would have conversations with you about it, Mm -hmm. um, like before you came out. So what, what kind of conversations, what did that look like? Um, so we kind of just, it was always, it's strange now that I think about it because we always like, (laughs) we always like kind of joked about it, you know, like my brother, we would talk, my brother would talk about his best friends and they were all guys and we were all, we were always joke around be like, Oh, it's okay. If you're, if you're gay, you know, (laughs) know? and now that I think about it, I just like, I look back on that and I'm like, now I'm just like, I get, I not offended, but now it just is weird when people like make the jokes about Mm. when people are just like, when they say, Oh, that's gay. Mm. And I just sit there and I'm like, Mm, really then I probably would have laughed but now I'm like I don't find it funny yeah but we would have conversations about you know um it's okay if you are my stepmom was always very open about it she was always like oh if you like girls that's cool if you like boys that's cool you're still my kid like you're not gonna be anything less than my kid and my dad was always kind of yeah you know he was always kind of iffy about it but we're his kids and so he was gonna love us either way um so and then I was always very accepting of people I was always just like you know if you love who you love it's whatever like it's it's your life you're not hurting anybody right um so that was kind of the stuff that we always talked about and then when I came out it was like a whole different thing and it was a whole different experience and now my parents talk to me about stuff they ask me questions about pronouns which I'll probably Mm. also talk about a little bit but they talk to me about pronouns and my stepmom especially because she wants to refer to me correctly when she's talking to other people, which I really appreciate yeah. and I respect that a lot. So she's always like, I want to make sure that I'm saying the right things when I'm talking to my coworkers because I talk about you guys all the time. Mm. And so she's like, I just want to use the right pronouns. And so that means a lot to me. And I'm always like, you don't have to say the ones that I use, but I just want people to use those because that's how I feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable in she, her I used it for a long time and I was like, I don't really feel comfortable with that, but I know that I'm female, but I wanted to use she, they, because I just felt more comfortable with those. Um, And so we have conversations about pronouns a lot. We have conversations about the community and, you know, all the stuff that happened this last year, there was a lot of stuff going on and we had conversations about how that was impacting the community. Mm -hmm. And so stuff like that we would talk about in the past, so. Cool. That's awesome. I love how open that is and Mm -hmm. how it's not like this big elephant in the room as if Mm -hmm. it's something to be scared of or tiptoe around. Um, So I'm so happy to hear that. Um, So you felt like, you know, like coming out was like a big pressure off, like a big relief. You didn't have to hide anymore. And like the people around you were very, like for the most part, very open and accepting. Mm -hmm. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. It just felt like this huge weight. Like I felt like it had been like this weight of rocks was on me for so long and I had always you know after I started figuring it out I kind of was like thinking back to my when I was a kid and how I just I never liked boys like growing up I was always like I don't really like boys but I was like do I like girls and then you know I went through really traumatic experiences with 
friends, mm-hmm. quote unquote, that I had in elementary school that I think about a lot. And it was kind of, it was really, it was traumatic in a way because I've, I've never talked about it with anybody except my therapist, but they were traumatic just because I was like, I felt different after it happened. And I was just like, I don't really know what just happened. But I was mm-hmm. a kid and I, you know, I had my friends would, I had a friend, I actually had a friend that lived across the street and she would come over and hang out with me all the time and we would sleep, we'd have sleepovers and she was just very, she was very, um, what's the word? She was very like not shy about things. She mm-hmm. was, she was like eight years old and just the way she grew up, it was different and she was just very much she knew too much about certain things and I didn't know anything about those things. Got it. And so she would come over and, you know, would tell me, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. Oh. And I was like, okay. And I didn't know what was happening. And I would have to tell her, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, my mom says you need to go home. We are like eating dinner or something. And I would make something up so she would leave and it would have it happened more than once and so then i just it just like it traumatized me but at the time i didn't know mm-hmm. i was so young and i just was like i don't know and then like i get i got older and i started thinking about stuff like that and i was like wow maybe that's why i just like was never interested in sex mm-hmm. and why i just never was like why sex always made me uncomfortable and it still does like now like i just thinking about it sometimes i'm like i don't really know if i ever want to do that but then with the right person, maybe, you know, and so that's another thing that I always think about is why I'm never, why I'm not interested in sex, why it makes me uncomfortable, why I never dated people, Mm -hmm. because I was always trying to figure out who I liked and what I liked, and Mm -hmm. so it just was really relieving to finally feel like I had, um, like I had, uh, um, figured something out. Yeah, You know, like I figured something out. I checked something off the list. Now I got to figure out the next part. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it was one of those <laughs> things where it was just like, oh, okay, I got that off my chest. My parents know, my siblings know, my mom knows, my grand- some of my grandparents, my cousins know. Okay, what's next? Yeah. You know, so it was one of those kind of just really relieving. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. That is so awesome. Oh, my gosh. Um, so... You know, like in the context of this podcast, you know, we spend obviously just about every waking minute about this, you know, talking about mental health. And I come from the side of PTSD, but, you know, mental health and struggles with mental illness and mental health are, you know, all like, you know, they're all right there. So I know that you've talked before about your mental health struggles. So what has been your experience that you're comfortable sharing with mental health struggles? Yeah, um, so it's weird because, so I always kind of knew about anxiety and depression. I have family members who struggle with it. Um, so it was always kind of there. I was always around it and I was always kind of exposed to it, although I didn't really understand what it meant. Um, so when I started experiencing it, experiencing it myself, excuse me, I was, I was like, something feels weird. Like it, this feels weird and wrong and I don't like the way I feel. Um, and when I spoke to my stepmom about it, the first time I started feeling awful, she immediately recognized 
signs of it and I was just like like why is this happening to me why do I feel like I want to die why do I feel like this heavy cloud is hanging over me all the time like literally it just won't leave it won't go away um and so it was sorts it was those sorts of things that I was just like why does this feel why do I feel this way um and I actually like remember driving home from work one day last summer and I don't even remember getting into the car and going home. And I just remember I pulled up into my driveway and I was like, how did I get here? Like, how did I get home? I don't even remember. I just, it was like tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things where it was like out of body. Um, and I remember as soon as I felt that I was like, I wanted to know what it was. I was like, why does it feel like I'm just living outside of my body? Like I'm just a shell sitting in my car seat a shell in my bed a shell in the shower why do I feel this way and you know it's the derealization um where you feel like you're just you're just watching yourself do these things um and so that was something that I also was experiencing when I right before I started therapy um and I I think because I had already been around it I should have kind of sort of known what was going on but I didn't because I was just so scared and I was just like, I didn't know what was happening. And I started experiencing these really dark thoughts in my brain that would just not go away. And I started, you know, I had friends that I was meeting online and they were going through the same issues. So I would confide in them and talk to them, but it started becoming too much. And then it was affecting me more than it should have been. Um, And so that probably wasn't the best thing for me, but I was trying to surround myself with people that I could talk to. Um, that weren't necessarily my parents um, and my sister, I guess, because I confide in her a lot about stuff. And so it was like, it was just weird experiencing these things. And like, like I said, watching myself doing what I was doing, like I would sit down at the dinner table and I'm just like, I don't even feel like I'm present mm. or I would go to work and I would just zone out. Like I'm supposed to be, you know, talking to people and I feel like I'm zoned out mm-hmm. and People would, people started noticing. And so that's when I started, that's when I was like, I really need to like get help. Like I just need to talk to somebody cause this is, this is bad. I, I just was like, I felt like I, I wanted to die. I felt like I didn't want to be on this. Like, I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to live anymore. I just was going through so much and I couldn't sleep at night. I was having panic attacks and anxiety attacks in the middle of the day. And I remember waking myself up from a panic attack one night. I scared the shit out of my sister. Uh, we were, cause we share a room. And so that was really bad. And she was like, wait, trying to wake me up. And it was horrible. And that was the first time that ever happened. And that's when I was like, I really need to talk to somebody. But the moment I realized that I really needed to talk to somebody is I remember I was, I came home from work and I was like, I'm going to go take a nap. And my stepmom was trying to call me down to come eat. And I just was like, I don't want to get up. I was like, I don't want to get out of bed. And she came upstairs and she was like, you know, you need to eat. And I was like, I don't want to get up. And I was like, I don't feel good. I don't feel like moving. And so she just kind of sat there and she was trying to, she was trying to just get me up and trying to make, get me to move so that I would do something. And then I was just, I broke down and was like, I can't do this anymore. I was like, I can't live like this anymore. And um, it was terrifying. And I, my dad was scared and 
he I just I remember him asking me um you know have you been having suicidal thoughts and this was right after I found out that I needed to probably start taking medication from my therapist I had already been seeing her for a few months and he asked me and he was already he was crying already and I told him yes sometimes I do um and I will just I won't ever forget the look on his face um when I said that it was like traumatizing and it was heartbreaking and I just knew in that moment that I was like I'm can't do this to my parents anymore I can't do this to my family to my friends I was like I can't do this anymore so I started looking for a therapist and I found one that I'm still with I've been with her for a year now and she's really great and she's really she's very fun to talk to um and then a few months later I got a psychiatrist and talked to her about what I was going through and um I, when I explained her, I, I explained it to her over the phone and I was like, is she even going to be able to figure it out over the phone? Like I was like, there's no <laughs> way she's going to be able to figure it out over the phone. But she was, she was taking her notes and stuff. And she told me, she was like, well, I'm going to, so I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, major depressive disorder and suicide ideation were the things that I was given. And when she told me, I was like, okay, and it all made sense. And my stepmom had even been telling me, I think you have just major depression. And my anxiety had always been bad, but it had been getting worse because mm-hmm. of everything else. And so when it had it, when I had a name to it, I was like, okay, cool, this makes sense now. And it kind of, it felt better to know that I wasn't just making it up and not telling, and just being, telling people, yeah, like, I, I'm just depressed and people mm. were like, well, everybody, I, I hate when people say everybody gets depressed. Oh yeah. It's like, that's a total misuse of the, of the term. <laughs> it's, it's like, n- yeah, but not in the way that you are thinking, you know mm. what I mean? Like you, not in the way that it's, it's, a, it's a real thing and it's a real diagnose, a diag, what's the word? Diagnosis. It's a, yeah, it's yeah. a real diagnosis. It's a real thing that people go through every day. Mm-hmm. It's a real illness. It's a real disorder. And I just, I hate it when people say, you know, everyone has anxiety. Everyone has depression. And I'm like, okay, maybe, but not that, not the way that I've experienced it or that you've experienced mm-hmm. it or that, you know, someone else has experienced it who they've, you know, they've had to be hospitalized or something. Thank God I never had to be. Um, but yeah, so when I finally had a name to it, that's when I was like, yeah, this makes sense. And so I've still, I'm still with the same psychiatrist. I've been with her for almost a year and I started taking medication to kind of help me. And um, the first few weeks it was kind of rough taking it because I was like, is this even working or is it just all in my head kind of thing? And so I just, you know, I remember from like watching shows and stuff and sometimes shows, um, they glorify stuff like that but a lot of stuff that I've seen recently they make light of it they like not make light but they bring light to it and they Mm -hmm. talk more about the issues that are going on with that particular person who's going through it and so I wanted to do the same thing I wanted to be able to once I learned what I was going through I was like I want to be able to learn more about this stuff and talk about it more with people and not make it so scary to talk about like I want to be able to have conversations with people about it and learn about it more and just discuss mental illnesses because people people like we you and I were kind of talking about this yesterday people Mm -hmm. like get scared of the word mental illness the words mental illness yeah 
but they're different. Mental health and mental illnesses are different. And we talk about mental health all the time. We talk about, you know, taking care of yourself and self-care, but we don't talk about mental illnesses. Mm -hmm. And they're just kind of swept under the rug all the time. Um, And I just wanted to be able to talk about that too with people and to not have it be such a scary thing to talk about because it's real and it's stuff that people go through every day. Um, And there's millions and millions of people going through it all over the world. And so I just wanted to be able to learn about it on my own and then educate others on it as well. Um, so that's kind of, that was kind of a lot. I don't know if I went <laughs> off topic or not, but um, no. I, that's kind of my experience with what I've been through and what I've learned and how I've looked at mental illness and mental health. Wow. That's such an incredible journey to have been on. And, you know, it's, it's crazy what can happen in just, I mean, a short amount of time, like a, a span of just like two years is, mm-hmm. it's just crazy. And, um, you know, I'm so sorry that you have been through what you've been through and like going through something and not having a name for it and not understanding the concept mm-hmm. is probably one of the scariest things. Um, I remember when I was having PTSD symptoms, but I thought that PTSD was only for you know, like war veterans and things like that. Right. And so I thought I was just crazy. And then when, you know, people like started telling me like, no, like this can happen to, you know, like from any trauma, I was like, uh, oh, and then it just, it helped everything make sense. And mm-hmm. I was able to find a way to be functional because I knew what I was working on. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so I totally, I resonate with that. I hear you. Um, and um, just for the listeners out there, I actually am certified in like, I don't know what you call it, but you like t- in, when you talk to someone about suicide, um, asking someone directly if they're having suicidal thoughts does not put the idea in their head. Correct. It is typically if you're asking someone, um, they like, they either are thinking about it or they're not. And asking that direct question, it is proven in study after study after study and they teach this to teachers they teach it to anyone working with teens anyone working with adults who are struggling with their mental health asking the direct question have you ever thought about hurting yourself have you ever had suicidal thoughts that is not going to put the idea in their head so do not be afraid in fact asking the question could be saving someone's life um and like were you like do you mind if i ask like how you felt when your dad straight up asked you um I, when he asked, I was just kind of, I was trying to figure out how to answer him, I guess, because I didn't want to lie to him, but I didn't want to scare him. And so when he asked me, he just asked me out because he was just like, have you been feeling suicidal? And I was like, and I just kind of was like, yeah, I have. Sometimes it happens, yes. And I even, like you said, asking the question doesn't really put into their head that, oh, I'm going to do it. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Because my my therapist and even my psychiatrist will ask outright. She'll ask when I'm doing, when we're doing the assessments, you know, she'll ask, have you been, have you thought about hurting yourself recently? Have you wanted to hurt yourself? Have you done it? Have you hurt yourself? And no, I haven't. And I never did. But the thoughts crossed my mind. You know, so when my dad asked me, I was more afraid of telling him the truth than anything because I just didn't want to scare him. Are Um, you glad that you did tell him the truth? Like, did you regret it at all or did, were you, did you find relief in it? 
I found, I think I found relief in it because he knew more about, because he, he had always dealt with it with my stepmom, mm-hmm. but he never, I guess, fully understood it. So when I, when he had somebody else that was going through it, he was like, okay, yeah. And so he wanted to listen more and he wanted to be more supportive for both of us. Um, but you know, I was more, yeah, I was more relieved than anything because he, I know, I know that he had been wanting to ask me and I know that both him and my stepmom were like, we can't sleep at night because we're worried about you. You know, you're our kid or you're our, you're our daughter. You know, we have four of you, but you're our daughter. We worry about you. And my dad told me, he's like, I can't sleep at night because I'm worried about you. I, I don't know what's going on and I want you to talk to me about it. And so, yeah, it was relieving to tell him the truth because I didn't want to lie to him. My dad and I are very close, so I didn't want to do that to him. I didn't want to keep anything from him. And I don't, I never keep anything from him um, most of the time. Um, I tell <laughs> Besides him, the typical stuff. Right, yeah. exactly. But I do, I tell him a lot and, you know, he'll ask me once in a while, you know, how are you doing today? And I'm like, I'm fine, you know, I'm good. And, you know, I'll tell him if something's wrong and we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was relieving more than anything to finally tell him, yeah, I've been struggling a lot. And I've been in a dark spot for a while, but I'm going to get help. So that was nice to have him there and to have my stepmom and everybody else there. So, yeah. That's amazing. And would you say that having, because I know that this is a big conversation in the LGBTQ plus community, is that support like makes or breaks that key difference in. Mm -hmm. And it, I think you even posted something on your socials about like, the stats behind, you know, if someone has one adult, if an LGBTQ plus member has at least one adult that supports them, that lowers the suicide rate by a tremendous amount. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm glad to hear that you are supported not just by one person, but by just about everyone that you feel comfortable talking to about this mm-hmm. and um, that they also have the courage to continue to ask because that's so hard to see your loved one mm-hmm. going through that. But it's so important to have this open line of communication, as I think you're expressing, because mm-hmm. that saves lives. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you mentioned that, too, because you at the beginning, you mentioned the Trevor Project. And I have always really looked up. I've always really been into them and a big mm-hmm. advocate for them. And I even like wrote a paper this year for school about the LGBTQ community and mental health in the LGBTQ community. And I talked about the Trevor project and what they've done for people that are, they, yeah, they help people under the age of 25 who are part of the community and they help to prevent and advocate for suicide prevention. And so I was really big into that. And I, I have tried to raise, I've raised money for them too, to kind of help out. Um, so yeah, um, it's, it's important that, it's it's a it's big in the LGBTQ community. A lot of kids in the LGBTQ community struggle with suicide and because they're not supported and they don't have people who care about who they are. And mm-hmm. so yes, if I don't remember when, but I did and I've seen posts about it too about, you know, having at least one person who supports them is enough mm-hmm. for them. Yes, it'd be nice to have other people, but if you have just a friend or a teacher or a counselor or your therapist Mm -hmm. that supports you, that's enough for them to say, well, somebody cares, so I'm going to... I have someone to fight for. Right, exactly. And I think that's really important, and 
um, to look at and to pay attention to. And to, to notice signs, too, is important. A lot of people don't notice the signs. Right. Um, Which are, if you, don't, if you don't mind sharing, like, do you have some off the top of your head so that we can educate? Um, the ones that I've seen and the ones that I've experienced myself are... Um, so when people feel like... A, when they're not when they feel like they're not good enough or they feel like they're they just don't feel like living anymore a lot of the stuff that I've seen is you know they'll say um I'm just burdening everyone around me or they start to give stuff away or they are they're absent for a while they cancel plans um it's stuff like that they don't respond to messages all the time because of their anxiety um but a lot of it is you know saying I'm a burden to others Mm -hmm. which is one that I've experienced a lot myself um I've always felt that way especially in the last year I always feel like I'm just attaching myself to other people because I don't want to feel alone and sometimes being alone is good but sometimes it's not. So self-isolating is another one. If you're doing it for long periods of time, um, that can cause a really big risk for people. Um, that's a main one, though, is self-isolating, burden, feeling like you're burdening others. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, like giving your stuff away or saying, I love you to people just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um or saying, you know, I'm sorry for what, for this or whatever, stuff like that. Um, and I'm still learning about stuff too. I'm always reading and learning. Um, but those are ones that I've seen and ones I've experienced and ones I've tried to look out for when I've noticed something's wrong with somebody or myself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. That's really valuable. Um, so I think that's kind of a good lead into talking about, you know, like therapy. Um, So what has your experience been, you know, as a bisexual person? Because we talked about this yesterday when we were getting ready for this conversation is that, you know, there's, there's seeking out therapy and like finding some, like a, a, a therapist who specializes in the specific trauma that you're seeking help for or the specific thing that you're battling. And then there's the whole other element that you need, like the therapist needs to care for. In terms mm-hmm. of like, you know, being bisexual is a, like your like part of your identity, right? It's mm-hmm. who, like part of who you are, right? And so, how there's been like some conflict there. So, as a bisexual person, while you're seeking therapy for your mental health struggles, what has that been like? Um. So when I was looking for a therapist, um. I didn't actually think about it until like my stepmom brought it up because she was helping me look for one and we were trying to find one that worked best. And um, she was like, well, why don't you look for one that also talks about your sexuality? And so I was like, oh, that's kind of a good point because a lot of therapists don't talk about it or they don't mention it in their their files or their profiles when you look for them. And so that's what I was looking for is I wanted somebody who was going to be able to talk about not even necessarily bisexuality, but just being part of the community in general. So I just was like, I wanted to be able to talk about that because it was something that was affecting my mental health as well. Um, And so I wanted to find somebody who was wanting to talk about it, who was comfortable with me sharing it with them and someone that also made me feel comfortable 
and that I made them feel comfortable as well. So there was no, um, there wasn't, um, you know, there wasn't a barrier there while we were talking about it. And so I wanted to be able to share with her, you know, yes, I am a young gay woman struggling with mental health issues and it's, that's a lot now, like just in society in general, you know, um, and I wanted to, I just wanted to be able to talk about that with her and talk about, you know, other stuff that was going on. And I, after that, after I found somebody, I was like, well, I want to be able to help other people find therapists who are willing to talk about it. So I haven't done it yet or started anything yet, but I want to be able to kind of start something to allow kids and teens and even adults who are who are part of the community to find therapists if they don't have one already find therapists who want to talk about that with them or have that conversation with them um just because it's really important and it's part of a it's part of the reason it could be part of the reason why they are struggling with what or whatever they're going through um and it doesn't have to be oh they're in therapy because they're 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 gay or they're trans they're they identify that way and they're struggling and they're scared and they don't know what to do about it. So they want to talk about it with somebody who's willing to listen if somebody else won't listen to them. So that was another thing that I wanted to have. I wanted to be able to do and help other people. So I haven't done that yet, but I want to be able to get to that point with whatever works. Yeah, I'm just rambling now. No, no that's <laughs> um, great. That's great. But yeah, I want to be able to have that conversation with other people. But have after I talked to my therapist about it and I told her, she just, she didn't even like question it. She was like, so how long ago, how long have you been out? And so I just told her, you know, oh, it's been a couple years. And so she, she is aware of it. And so she brings it up to me. Sometimes she's like, has this like affected, you know, anything else that's going on. And so I was like, sometimes it has. And then um, you know, I met somebody and so I told her about that and how I've been dealing with that and she lives in a different state and so it was stuff that I was dealing with and it was a lot, but I wanted to have somebody who was comfortable having the conversation with me because she related because of her kids and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So it was something that she understood already, which was nice. So um yeah, I just wanted to be able to find somebody who wanted to have the conversation with me. That's incredibly beautiful Mm. that is um and I know another thing that we talked about yesterday that kind of also ties into that is just like the validation of your sexuality like whatever like straight you know bi or gay or like all of these different you know variations that we have and we you mentioned yesterday talking about how some people kind of when they view like someone who identifies as bisexual like there can be this really cruel perspective of, well, are you just confused? You know, like, are you gay or are you straight? Like, there can't mm-hmm. be a middle ground. Like, what what do you have to say about that? Um. Well, I don't know if I feel like I'm qualified to say anything about it, but <laughs> um, I... I I do I hate it so much when people are like I see stuff I see posts about it all the time and it's like we're not confused we are bisexual we are attracted to men and women it doesn't have to be men and women it can be any gender really um which is and people think it's the same as pansexual where pansexual mm-hmm. is you're attracted to multiple genders 
but bisexuality is it's like any gender on the spectrum so i guess in a way they're similar but they have differentialities as well mm-hmm. um but yeah like you said we were talking about this yesterday and um yeah people just feel like we're in this middle ground like we don't know if we're straight or we don't know if we're gay but there is also preference so you can be bisexual and date a man and you can be bisexual and date a woman uh if you're dating a woman it doesn't mean you're a lesbian if you're dating a man it doesn't mean you're straight you're you prefer both you're bisexual and it just is really it's really difficult to like get that through people's heads like I am attracted to both genders, but I prefer women. Somebody else could be bisexual and prefer men over women, and that's mm-hmm. totally okay. Um, and there's also just, like, the fact where um, it's not just, you know, it's not just bisexuals. It's all the genders or the sexualities in the community that mm-hmm. are invalidated just because of the way they, f- because they feel comfortable and it bothers other people. Like, why did you care? <laughs> exactly. Why does it matter? Exactly. Who they, like, that's none of your business kind of thing, you know? And I just feel like if, if people who aren't in the community are allowed to live their life, why can't we? Yeah. You know, why do we have to feel like we're any less, we're still, we're humans, like who cares, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so that's. to love. That's just something that I've always looked at. And even before I came out, I was like, who cares? They're not bothering you. They're people just like you with lives and family. And, you know, and it's, I could go on all day. (laughs) Well, and so, and so in the face of that, what are some validating statements or actions that like, you know, like for me, example, as a straight person, you know, like how could I validate someone who identifies as bisexual because like in the face of all this confusion you know quote unquote um oh that's a good question because i don't really know yeah Um. like like what like what like what would you want to hear from someone that validates who you are um well i just always want to hear oh that's cool like i just think it's funny when people are just like oh that's cool like I've had a lot of people that are like oh okay cool like good for you yeah good for you oh that's cool the other thing that I've actually talked about with people about you know invalidity and validity is when you tell people that you're bisexual and you think or you tell people that you're a lesbian and they just automatically think that they're gonna hit on every girl that they see dude literally or if you're gay you're gonna hit on every guy like that's literally not how it works at all you just like straight people you have preference you like who you like you're attracted to this person you're you're not attracted to that guy oh but that guy over there or this girl over here oh she's cute but not so much this one it's not every female or every male you know and that's something else that just annoys the hell out of me i'm just like no that's not how it works we still have our preferences we still Mm -hmm. have we still like what we like it doesn't mean I'm okay. I'm lesbian. Okay, I'm gonna hit on you. It's all women. It's everyone. It's you all know? of them. <laughs> like it's not all of women. It's like, just we all have a type. Exactly. You know? We all have types, and so that's another thing that I just wanted to bring up because I've had the conversation with someone else about that, and I was like, I, I was like, you know what? Yeah, that really pisses me off too. I know exactly what you're talking about, and so 
yeah, we don't all like the same sex. We just because we're gay doesn't mean we like all of them. All of them all you know of them. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But that's something else too that um but yeah, back to what you were saying. Yeah, I just when I tell people sometimes it'll just come out like I'll just be talking to people and I'll just be like, "Oh yeah, cuz you know, I'm not straight." So I just da 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 and they'll be like They'll be like, oh, you're not. And a lot of people like just know. They just like, you're like, they're like, you give off that vibe. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I don't know what that means, but okay. I've had multiple people say that to me. Um, does that, I, is that offensive to you? Like, do you feel like that's like, oh, I knew. Not necessarily offensive, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like, oh, like it's confusing. Cause when people are like, when you're like, oh yeah, I'm bisexual. Or, yeah, I like girls. Or, oh, yeah, I like both. And they're like, oh, I knew. Like, it was obvious. And I'm like, like, what does that mean? Like, it's kind of like, it's not necessarily offensive. It's just confusing. It's like, what does that mean? Yeah. I don't understand what that means. Like, you knew that I (laughs) was, like, what are you talking about? Like, you just, like, read my mind or you read my future. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Like I don't know. Like, a very interesting assumption. Like, yeah, like, why would you just assume? Like, what does that mean? So I guess it's not really offensive. It's more just like what does that mean yeah like okay so like do, i'm close to a stereotype or yeah like, like yeah, you're like, being stereotypical i guess but like yeah. i don't really know how at the same time yeah like is that good is it bad yeah so it's one of those things too where i every time people say they're just like oh i kind of just you just kind of give that off that vibe and i'm like it's like i okay <laughs> <laughs> like oh moving on like, like you know am i supposed to say thank you right exactly like, <laughs> what am i supposed to say to that <laughs> yeah that's so funny oh my gosh okay so we are running short on time for this recording segment so we are going to take a quick break and we will be i feel like a, a radio show host now like i'm not used to this like we will be right back <laughs> with the next set like after this really quick commercial about <laughs> batteries and like also batteries not yeah (laughs) so okay but with that we'll be right back after this quick little break and we will finish up this conversation all right and we are back we just finished talking about um like validating someone uh who is bisexual in terms of you know like I am not the expert on autumn. I do not know how you feel, right? It's just like, I should never assume or like, oh, autumn is just confused. Like she says she's bi, but like, she's probably gay or she's probably straight. She just doesn't, she just doesn't know. Like, why would I know that? Why is that my place? Why do I feel like I have to be the expert on someone when they're going to be the best advocate and the best voice for themselves at any given time? Um, so Autumn, thank you so much for sharing your like mental health struggles with like, and like mental illness and seeking out, um, therapy. So let's like, we're going to start wrapping up the discussion, but, um, what are some ways that you have coped with and worked on your mental health struggles? Um, so I have different ways of coping. Um, a lot of the time I watch movies or I watch shows um, to kind of escape reality, which doesn't probably always sound like the best thing to do because you're inside and you're like trying to get away from, you know, that, but I do that. It helps me. It kind of calms me. Um, I go for walks. Um, I try to, you know, go do stuff. I've been trying to get out of the house more when I'm not working to kind of get myself away from the thoughts that will start 
coming and sometimes they're little things but um when I start to feel it I'm like okay well I'm gonna like go read or I'm gonna watch my shows my movies or go ask my sister if she wants to like go to the store with me or something or you know go for a walk or something um and then I have little techniques that my therapist has taught me like tapping techniques um tapping just kind of like in the finger joint it's like you take your you take your thumb and your pointer finger uh-huh. and you just kind of rub at the joint the meaty part of your in on your other hand uh whichever hand you, you want to use and just kind of it's like a supposed to be like a pressure point so you like pinch it rub it kind of yeah. like right in the okay right it's in supposed between. to help Okay. It's kind of a subtle one, whereas there's other ones you can do, but I don't know if it would be kind of weird if you're standing there tapping your <laughs> your temple in the middle of the day, and you're just like, uh. So there's different ones she's no taught shame. me. They're all just like tapping techniques that she's... Like on the me. temple or like the collarbone? There's like a spot on your collarbone that you can tap. I think it's supposed to be like up here somewhere. And there's just like different parts that she showed me under your arm... Like right, like on the rib, like right, yeah, right on the rib. Interesting. And you know, right under your nose is another one. And there's just you're supposed to do it like three or four times, like one, two, three, one, two, three, or like or yeah, or you count to like twenty, and you just kind of you're. It's supposed to help you. It's help. It's actually helped me a lot. There's different. I have an app that I use. Um, What's it called? It's called Tapping Solutions. Ooh. Okay. Um, and it has different tapping. It has different tapping techniques that you can use. Um, I think some of it you have to pay for, but some of it's free. Okay. Um, and then I've tried to do meditation stuff, which I've done a little bit. I haven't had to use it as much lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have done meditation stuff. Um, just here and there to kind of relax myself. Um, just to kind of, I listen to like little meditations, like they're just breathing exercises. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, so a lot of it is just me trying to, it's a lot of distraction is a, what a lot of it is. When my anxiety starts to get bad and I notice it, I'm like, oh, I need to go do something or I just need to talk to somebody because I feel kind of, whoo. so I have to do stuff like that. Um, and then yeah, it's just, that's a lot of the stuff that I've done. Maybe you don't want to do that or somebody else does something different, but those are just some, some things that I've done. Mm-hmm. Those are just little things that I've tried to do to work on myself and to help myself. Um, I, <laughs> I've i been watching a lot of horror movies lately, which probably <laughs> isn't the best thing, but I don't know if it's true, but I've read stuff where watching horror films is supposed to help somebody with anxiety because it it ignites their fight or flight mm, so and they like, like activates so it activates it so they're like aware of like the situation i don't know how true that is but i've Honestly? read stuff about it and i was like oh that kind of makes sense and you kind of then you like know what to do if that were to happen kind of thing well and it's but, so funny i feel like that is true i don't know like i haven't seen like i've never like sought out studies to prove that but mm-hmm. like i know that so I'm about to like either fully embarrass myself or gain a whole new fan base. I don't know what's about to happen, but I am a big fan. I love Pretty Little Liars. Mm-hmm. I love that show. I have like I fell in love with it in high school, and I just I I love it. Anyways, so I hadn't watched it in a while, and like with COVID and everything, of course, like there's some stress that's gonna be there, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, man. And so I ordered a couple of the seasons on DVD, and I was watching them. 
And I was like, man, I feel so good watching this show as like I'm watching these girls get, you know, like stalked and like, yeah. like chased. And like, I was stalked. Like that's like part of my PTSD, but I'm like, wow, I feel really good right yeah. now. And I'm like, what is that about? And like, that makes so much sense that like your nervous system matches the energy of the yes. show. And you're like, it's like that gets to complete. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, run girl, run. Exactly. Or like punch him, punch him, go, yeah. go, 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 go. Or exactly. don't, don't take that sass. Like you fight back, like you do this. Exactly. And oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, I, like you said, I don't know how like true it is or if there's any studies on it. But when I read it, I was like, wait, that kind of makes sense. And then it also, I've seen stuff about this actually where people rewatch shows and movies that I do the same thing. Over and over. Where because they know it's going to happen. So they're aware, they're like, oh, this is like, I know it's going to happen in this movie or I know it's going to, and they're afraid to like watch new things because they're like, what if I don't like it or, oh, Get it's trimmed. not going to like, it's not, yeah, it's going to be like, oh, it's not the same as what I've watched. And I do that. This show that I fell in love with is, I'm probably about to gain some <laughs> another thing too, is Shameless. And that's like a mm. comfort show for me. I've been watching it for a couple of years now and I it's over now, but I rewatch it all the time. Like when I'm bored, and I'm just like when I can't find anything else, I'm just like I'm just gonna rewatch episodes of Shameless. Yes. But for a good year, I was watching it. I would finish whatever season was on, and then I would rewatch it again mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was like I'm afraid to start new things because yeah. I'm like what if I don't like them as much as I like this show, you know? So that's something else that I've read, and that's why I do it a lot. But yeah, the horror movie thing is like you're watching it, and you're just like. You're like, oh, don't go in there. Oh, God, don't do that. But yeah, so stuff like that I've been watching that's, it's like comforting, which is very weird. No, I feel you. It's very bizarre to find comfort in chainsaws and (laughs) like slasher films. But at the same time, I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. I'm just going to watch this girl die real quick. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. And I feel so much better. (laughs) Wait, okay. So what are your like top three like shows or movies that you would like go to like right now if you were having a panic attack like what's your go-to okay, right okay so shameless definitely is the show that i would go to first um the other ones i oh, would have to think about that but movies would be 10 things i hate about you Ooh. um easy a and probably the little rascals Dude, that movie's so cute. Those are three of my comfort films. Uh, if you haven't seen any of them, you should watch them. You're missing out. <laughs> because they're really good. All three of them are very good. They're very... Easy A is very funny if you like raunchy comedies. I love that. Um, same with 10 Things. And Little Rascals is just nostalgic. Um, so, yeah, those are the yes. three movies that I would that I would go to. Shameless is a show. Um, and then other show... Oh, God... I don't know. I would have to think about that. Um, maybe Game of Thrones. The last okay. season was horrible, but <laughs> maybe Game of Thrones. Um, and then possibly just like really any, okay, any Marvel thing. Oh, fast. I love Marvel. So probably just any Marvel show or movie. That's, wow, those are my answers. I love I'll that. I'll give those. <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. Yeah. I would say... Mine are probably, so my go-to is, like, if I'm having a panic attack and I need to watch something to, like, soothe me or, like, if I'm trying to go to sleep or something, right now, I can't pick favorites too much, but, like, right now, my top shows are um, Friends, mm-hmm. New Girl, okay, or Schitt's Creek. Okay. I don't know. All you, good. Yeah, I was gonna say, All I'm, good. like, I have a love-hate relationship with Schitt's Creek, yeah. but, like, for the most part, like, I love it. I love New it. New Girl's good. I like New Girl a lot. Oh, it just makes me laugh, and I yeah. know that nothing in those shows are going to be triggering to me. Like, I could just mm. fall asleep to them in a very, like, 
it's not going to give me bad juju right before right. I'm trying to go right, to sleep, exactly. you know? Right. So that's, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I just watched, this is a little side jabber, but I hope that you guys, you listening out there get good, good info from this. I just watched the new Charlie's Angels movie okay. with, um, like, I don't even know, like Kristen Stewart is in it. And okay. so I was like, okay, like this will be interesting. Um, but also, like, Ariana Grande sings the, like, mm. the end theme. And I'm like, okay, I'm here for it, yeah. you know? But um, literally watching that show, I was like, you inspire me to be a badass. <laughs> like, please let me in. Let me do this. Exactly. So um, right now, I'm seriously like, okay, I want to learn my, um, like, Krav Maga. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to be a badass too. Right. <laughs> so it's so funny. But okay, back on track. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> um. So, okay, so some of the ways that you, you say you cope is, like, doing some of the tapping. Um, I, you also, like, before talked about, like, splashing water on your face or, like, a cold shower to, like, cool down and kind of come mm-hmm. back to body. Um, I love those suggestions. Um, and then, so, to kind of sum up, being where you are right now, up until this point, knowing what you know, having gone through everything that you've gone through, What's, and we're going to kind of go to a couple of different timelines here, but first, what advice, what piece of advice would you give to 10-year-old Autumn? Um, okay, so I thought a lot about this when I was going over these, and I was like, how would I answer this? Um, I was a very observant child. Um, I liked to be by myself. I didn't, I had friends, but they were just kind of here and there. Um, I just liked being by myself. My only friend was basically my younger brother because mm-hmm. we grew up together and we did everything together. We were attached at the hip. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I just liked, I liked to play by myself. I liked to watch movies by myself. And I never really liked just being around people. I didn't really, I was, I don't know why. I just never really figured out why I was just very, I liked to be by myself. Um, and so I think I would tell, <clears throat> I guess, 10-year-old Autumn to, like, um, to maybe just be a kid. Um, I didn't really get to be a kid. Um, I was stressed about things that 10-year-olds shouldn't be stressed about from a young age with divorced parents. And my mom has a sickness. She has an illness. So I was taking care of her pretty much instead of the other way around. And so I didn't really get to be a kid as much as I would have liked to. Um, So I think I would just tell 10 year old Autumn to not let so much, to not carry so much baggage, I guess. Um, And just to be a kid and to not let so much stuff bother me and bug me and just, Stop being so stressed. You don't need to be stressed. You're 10. (laughs) Like, don't let that happen. Um, So that's probably what I would tell 10-year-old Autumn. Probably other things. Like, high school musical movies are still the best. Always. In 2021. (laughs) Always. Um, Always. But no, that's that's (laughs) definitely what I would tell her. Just just be a kid. Don't stress so much. Um, Just just enjoy being a kid while you can. Because it'll be gone soon. (laughs) Too soon. (laughs) too soon okay and then what about like we're gonna kind of look at a a gap of time but what about high school autumn and like onward like between high school and now yeah so high school and college is kind of 
you know, where you're starting to figure stuff out about yourself and you're starting to kind of discover things and, you know, relationships and all this and friendships and stuff. And I went through, I, I kind of was the same way in high school. You know, I had a core group of friends that I hung out with and, um, you know, I was in choir, so I had my choir, my choir buddies. So that was like my core group of friends that I would hang out with. And, I was still a very observant person. I was always stressed about certain things all the time when I shouldn't have been. And then college was kind of when I started figuring things out about myself. But I feel like I would probably tell tell high school, college, autumn then that it just it's everything's temporary. Um, the thoughts you're having are they're not real. They're all in, they're just, they're going to go away. Everything's temporary. You're going to be okay. Don't let the intrusive thoughts invade your life. Um, stop letting your past trauma come back to you, which is something that I'm still dealing with every day. Um, I'm still trying to, you know, recover from that. And I guess a little side note that I wanted to mention too, is Mm -hmm. that, um, relapsing is a part of the process um it happens to everyone um everybody relapses it happens um and um you can't let it take over your life you can't let your illness take over your life but you can also embrace it and just you know you know yes I live with this so now how can I progress how can I get better while still you know dealing with it and so that's something else I've learned is that relapse is part of the process it's part of recovery Um, And it's part of overcoming those traumas and those fears and those negative thoughts and feelings that you have. Um, And so I've learned, you know, to cope with them. I'm still learning how to cope with them. I'm still learning how to cope with trauma that I've had from people who have made me feel less than I was and people who I thought care about me didn't care about me after all. And so it's, it's, it's important to find people who are there for you through everything um, because like, you know, I have somebody who I've known for a few years now who has been there through with me through everything, even when I feel like she'll leave Mm -hmm. and she hasn't. And so that's something that I think about all the time is, well, if she's still here after all this time, then that means that she'll not, she's not going to go anywhere. Same with my parents, you know, my parents are here, they're not going anywhere. Um, so I just think that it's a, yeah, I would tell, you know, you guys too. And that autumn, that, everything's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to go through some shit, but you're going to be fine. You're going to make it out. You're going to be fine. You're alive. You're breathing. You're walking around. Um, yeah, it's easier said than done, but it's important to just progress through everything one day at a time, little by little baby steps, (laughs) baby steps, (laughs) a hundred percent. Yeah, no, I like that. Everything is temporary and like this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. I really like that. And I think that when you're in, like when you're in the thick of it, when you're in that tunnel vision, that's really hard to remember. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. But that's a great thing to come back to is, okay, okay, I'm struggling right now, but this will pass. Absolutely. This will yeah. pass. Thank you so much for sharing mm-hmm. that. Um, is there anything else that you would want listeners to know who might be going through what you've been through or who are going through what you're going through now? Um, I also thought about this a lot because I didn't really know what to say, but for anybody who is, you know, struggling to figure out who they are, um, you know, it's 
you don't have to come out now. You can come out whenever you want. You don't ever have to come out. It, what's important is that you know it, that you know who you are, you know who you love, you know who you want to be, and that's what you should pay attention to. It doesn't matter who knows. It's Coming out is not important. You don't have to feel pressured to do it. Um, you know, live your best life, embrace who you are, um, come out when you're ready, if that's ever, um, don't be afraid of what others think of you, it's your life, not theirs, um, and then, you know, for anybody who's struggling mentally and who doesn't identify with LGBTQ, you know, like I was saying, everything's temporary, that's something that I always say, everything's temporary, nothing's forever, um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Is something that I've told myself. Um, there's all there's a light somewhere. You just you'll find it. You mm-hmm. just gotta just gotta crawl. You gotta yeah. crawl, walk, run. You'll find it. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't be afraid to be who you are. Don't be afraid to talk to people. If you have to go to therapy, go to therapy. Because hashtag, hashtag no shame. Exactly. <laughs> um, therapy is important and people overlook it, but it's really important. It's not for crazy people. It's not because you're, no, it's not. It's it's important. Talking to people is important. Um, but yeah, for anybody who's listening, just be yourself. Don't be afraid to talk to people about things. And even if you have one person that you talk to, that's fine. As long as you feel like you can confide in them, just don't be afraid to be who you are. Be yourself. Live your best life. Live your best life. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's so great. So, um, Autumn, you made it through your first podcast episode. Yay. Nice job. <laughs> that was fun. You did so great. And even then, like even then some, um, Tell people where they can find you on social media so that they can give you a follow and learn alongside you. Yeah. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, I have an Instagram account. Um, it's at anxietybugblog. Um, and then I have a website also that's just anxietybug.org. Um, there's a blog on there that I need to work more on, um, but I have a blog on there and then I also have different resources for suicide prevention and, um, just mental health links you can go to. Um, and then my, the website is linked in my Instagram. So if you don't want to do multiple things, you can just find it in there too. Um, but yeah, anxiety bug at anxiety bug blog and then anxietybug.org is my website. Awesome. And there's a mailing list. You can subscribe to the Woo-hoo. mailing list too. <laughs> You're so fancy. I, I love it. I love it. Okay. And then also because we talked about it today, I will put a link to um, either some kind of resource. I have to look it up, but I will put either a link to a website or more information about the Trevor Project in the podcast details. And I will also make sure to include in the podcast details the um, the app that Autumn mentioned about like tapping solutions so that... Um, all of the resources that we've talked about, you'll be able to find in, um, in those details. So Autumn, thank you so much for being here and for speaking your truth and sharing your story. I am honored that you trust our community to hold space for you and, um, I'll have to have you back. Yay. Thank you for letting me talk. I was really excited and we finally got to do this. So thank you for letting me talk about everything. I appreciate it. And I love you very much. (laughs) I love you too. I love you so much. And I'm so glad that this gave us 
a reason to get together as yes. we're like like what you guys don't understand is that we live in Washington state and it's normally never too warm where we live but we're like currently sweating. It's sweating, it's so humid. And we're like dying, we're like sneaking in water. So like, we're just like, oh my gosh. So speaking of uh, cold showers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's time. So thank you so much everyone for listening. Thank you for holding space for Autumn to share her story. And I look forward to talking to you guys on the next episode. So in the meantime, uh, make someone smile this week. Lift someone else. I ruined it. <laughs> Make someone laugh, make someone smile, take care of yourself, and we'll see you back for the next episode soon. Bye. Bye.